0: How that goes. Right now, I mean, with that fancy open, let's hot take this thing. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot. And yes! <laughs> Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. <laughs> it's time for hot takes on the block. Okay, now I saw... I saw there was a video. Okay. I did not listen to this yet because I knew this would be perfect for how long can I take a take. So fire it up. It's now time for How Long Can Brent Take a Take? This is Tim Tebow, Stephen A. Smith, and Max Kellerman discussing Syracuse football. Go. Sure you heard the news, Tim Tebow, that you're not the only inspirational source associated with ESPN when it comes to giving motivational speeches. I spoke at the University of Syracuse. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. End it right there after 14 seconds. Stephen A., oh, did, no. Take that. We have to correct all these recruits that say this. It is... Stephen A., come on, man. You're supposed to be the spirit animal of this team, the annihilation inspiration that you've put into them. It's not the University of Syracuse! We've got the right to choose it. You know what? I actually do want to hear the rest of that. I, I do want to hear it, but anyway, play the rest of it. Talk to me about how real but, you think the, Syra- team the win. Syracuse <laughs> Orangemen, how legit do you believe they are, especially after I had to motivate them? <laughs> hey, Stephen A., it must be you. It but be hey, yeah, listen, this is they, the g- day. they got Reclaim a long way to dream. go. They haven't, never, they haven't really played anybody yet. So we're going to see how the, when they play some teams. What I do like about Syracuse is like, I like the way that they play together. You watch their, their speeches before a game, their speeches after a game. Coach is really rallying that team and getting some belief in that university right now. And that's something they haven't had since Donovan McNabb. Listen, they're bringing in guys like you to speak to them. That changes a program. It changes a team. And we're talking about them on first take. There you go. See, first of all. How dare I cut off the great Stephen A. Smith because he totally redeemed himself when he said Syracuse Orangeman. I have a place in my heart for people that ignore the orange, go Orangeman and go old school with that. So way to go, Stephen A., on that. Tim Tebow's right. Here we are talking about Syracuse football on first take. I heard him on Go and Wingo, other national places. I did more interviews than usual this week, which shows you the uptick around The interest is up. People are saying, what's up with this Syracuse team? Now, if they go and get their doors blown off by Clemson, that's going to tail off a little bit. But if they go and, first of all, they win this game, I think we know what that means. They're back in the poll. They beat them two years in a row. They're legit. Syracuse football, Dino will give another epic speech. Daniel Baldwin will be right. The football gods will have given Syracuse what they deserve. But if they just go down there, and I don't know what your definition of, of a competitive game is, what you feel... The point spread there is maybe you feel even if they cover the 21 or 22, depending on, you know, what you have this game at for entertainment purposes only, of course. That will not get them into the poll alone if they're competitive against Clemson, but it will earn you more respect. It'll get you on even more radar screens, and it'll set you up for what is a as open an ACC since Syracuse joined it. Usually, when you're in the Atlantic Division and you're just battling for third behind Clemson and Florida State, well, we know that's not the case this year. Especially if you can, you know, punch Clemson in the mouth a little bit. Tebow, Stephen A. and Kellerman talking SU football. Stephen, come on, Wildhack, John Wildhack, send a memo to your boy, the University of Syracuse. I got to give you one of these. <laughs> Time. now here's another piece of fun audio that i have not heard and i hate to say it's fun because apparently john sterling heard himself doing this but who said that radio is not a dangerous business let's listen 12-1 yankees with one out to go fam is the runner at first and the pitch is popped up this should do it shallow left field coming in as stanton he makes a catch Ball game over. Yankees win. The yank out. I hit my arm. Oh, Yankees win. <laughs> what happened? Did he hit Susan? Did he hit the microphone? What happened Ball there? Ball game over. Yankees win. The yank out. I hit my arm. Oh, Yankees win. And we got a diluted Yankees win call from Sterling because of that. Be careful in the booth, apparently. Hey, Julian and and Seth Goldberg, when you call high school football about an hour from now, CNS and West Genesee, a little space there. You don't want this to happen. Ball game over. Yankees win. Bah! Yank! Ow! I hit my arm. Oh! Yankees win. So is he, like, putting his arm—I need a visual of this. Is he putting his arms up when he says Yankees win? Is he spreading them out? Like, what did he hit his elbow on? Apparently he hurt his elbow (laughs) doing that. I've heard of some weird injuries in baseball. A broadcaster getting hurt during the final call of a game. Like, I don't even think Euchre ever got hurt. Think of all the wild stuff he's done. By the way, the fact the Brewers are in the playoffs means we get some Bob Euchre playoff calls. Fantastic. That's hot. I don't know what happened with John Sterling there, but uh, take it easy in there, big fella. That's incredible. I've never heard of that. I have never seen that. I've never heard of that. Never heard of a broadcaster getting hurt in the booth I shouldn't be laughing at that by the way uh boys you can correct me if i'm wrong on this Sterling's never missed a game he i mean think about all or if he if he's missed games i think it's like 3 or something it's it's an insane number of broadcasts that John Sterling has done think about it, 162 games a year he's done it for a long time as the voice of the Yankees. And if I'm wrong on that, I'm not off by much. I think he's missed less than five total. And he is on this incredible streak of doing consecutive games. So what about? do we know his status? Is he on the injured list for tonight? 29 in a row. 29, in a row, 29 seasons in a row, right, Correct. Tommy? Correct. Tommy, bringing the info on. 29 seasons in a row. Hasn't missed a game. Think about that. So we'll have to see if the elbow injury is putting the Sterling streak at risk here. I mean, we're almost through the regular season. And then with the playoffs around the corner, of course. It's a dangerous business. It's always funny, like when I have to meet with my financial advisor and he's going over some certain things and he's going over risks. What do you mean risks? I'm in radio. I sit in a booth and I talk. Right? But there you go. See, things can happen apparently. That's fantastic. What do you say we get to a break? We'll keep the Syracuse football discussion going with Sean McDonough at the top of the hour. Sean is calling this game for ABC. Of course, a famous Syracuse alum, one of the best play-by-play broadcasters, out there, what does he think of this matchup? Going back into the college booth full-time after a couple years as the voice of Monday Night Football. A lot to get into with our buddy Sean McDonough, the NFL Blitz, the Pick 6, Survivor Pick. More, of course, on the breakdown of Syracuse and Clemson. And just a programming reminder, we are off just a little early tonight at 545 for high school football coverage. Good one, too. CNS and West Jenny, 2-4-0 and no teams. Stay right there. I will uh, pad my elbows, and we'll be right back. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. So glad to have you here. It's a football Friday around the block. Mr. Sean McDonough for joining us. Always great to talk to him. So, kids, we are uh, riding it all the way to the start of high school football. So uh, the good news is uh, we have no more commercial breaks like during the show itself. Uh the bad news is, I guess, that we'll be cut off at 545 for high school football. I'll let you decide if that's good news or bad news, that I've got a shorter show. And we have no more commercials till we have to take one to bridge to high school football at 545, pregame with Julian Wiggum and Seth Goldberg, 4-0 CNS, 4-0 West Genesee. That's on the way. I've got great news for you, though. Let me get you ready for the upcoming NFL weekend week four already let's get it it's time for the nfl blitz everything you need to know for entertainment purposes only in the national football league pick six to follow the six biggest games in football and who will get the survivor pick payoff designation this week the bears Took me home last week, didn't have to do anything. On the line once again, a entire Football Friday show done with me wearing a Tom Brady jersey, which I can assure you I will not enjoy. But we're not going to have to worry about that, because my survivor pick's going to come through, and I'm going to even out my record at 2-2, two two, right? But first, here we go. Everything you need to know about Week 4. We start in Atlanta, where the Bengals visit Mercedes-Benz Stadium Atlanta's minus four with an over under of 53.5. The Bengals are two and one. They're uh, one and one on the road, two and one against the spread so far this season. The Falcons, one and two, one and one at home, one and two against the spread, losing to New Orleans last week in overtime, 43 to 37. The last time these two teams played four years ago in September of 2014. Atlanta, Jones and Ridley a week ago, 12 catches, 242 yards three touchdowns all those TDs going to Ridley by the way in that shootout loss to New Orleans Cincinnati allowed 230 rushing yards a week ago just 147 through the air though Joe Mixon is out Bernard has been moved from questionable to active so he will play for the Bengals Devontae Freeman is out and Julio Jones has been cleared to play Tampa Bay at Chicago Ryan Fitzmagic Almost let another comeback for Tampa Bay, but almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, my friends. Soldier Field in Chicago, where it'll be 72, partly cloudy. The Bears minus three. The over/under is 46 and a half. Now the Bucks come in at two and one overall and two and one against the spread. Chicago is two and one and two and one against the spread themselves. These two teams last played a year ago in uh, September of 2017, a 29-7 win by the Bucks at Tampa Bay. The Bucks, Ryan Fitzmagic, first in total offense in the National Football League, 1,420 yards. They're averaging 437 yards per game. But the Chicago Bears, fifth in total defense, led by the addition of Khalil Mack. They're averaging, allowing just 289 yards per game. Traditional offense versus defense matchup. What gives at Soldier Field? Marcus Williams is questionable. Uh, Prince Amakamura and Anthony Miller are both out of this game. Detroit's to Dallas in Jerry World. Cowboys minus three with an over-under of 44. Detroit, they have been all over the place this year. They beat New England last week, didn't they? They beat them convincingly, 26-10. to 10. So they're 1-2, but the mighty Detroit Lions are 2-1 and one against the spread so far this season Dallas is one and two they need a win they do have a win at home but they're one and two against the spread as well these two last played in December of 2016 a big Dallas win 42 to 21 now Detroit averages over 100 yards more per game than the Dallas Cowboys 401 to 298 Stafford has the same number of completions at 88 as Dak Prescott has attempts this season. Ezekiel Elliott a week ago, look, he's putting up numbers. The Cowboys just aren't winning games at the rate you would think. 16 carries, 127 yards a week ago. As far as the injury front, T.J. Lang, Michael Roberts are questionable. Sean Lee is doubtful. Cole Beasley also questionable in this football game. We move on to Green Bay, Lambeau Field. Perhaps the uh, Buffalo Bills social media team can use the correct map this week. Or maybe they should keep doing the wrong one because they did the wrong one and the Bills won last week. So maybe they should show them going to Minnesota. In any case, here's your boy Josh Allen getting ready for this one. By no means are we where we want to be. You know, we got a lot of work. Uh, we're counting it as a one-week season right now. So, you know, our attention's completely on Green Bay, but you know, coach just he wants the best for us and he wants us working as hard as we can. So here's that's our, what we're gonna try to do. Our Lord and Savior, Josh Allen. Uh, it's expected to be fifty-two and rainy at Lambeau, by the way. The Packers minus nine and a half, the over-under is forty-five. Bills were 17.5-point dogs last week, and we all saw what happened. So this week, they'll probably lose by that much. That's the NFL this year. The Bills are 1-2 and 1-2 against the spread so far. Green Bay 1-1-1. and They're 1-2 against the spread so far this season. These two last played in December of 2014, with Buffalo winning that game, 21-13. That was in Buffalo. Josh Allen, 15-22, 196 yards and a touchdown. Also at 10 carries, 39 yards, two touchdowns, and one leap over a defender last week. Green Bay, 45 pass attempts, 17 rush attempts last week. That equated to 240 pass yards, 100 rushing yards in that game. Well, Sean McCoy says he's going to play, but he's got that rib injury. Marcus Murphy, Charles Clay, Jason Kroon, all questionable. Aaron Rodgers, the peg leg. Randall Cobb listed as questionable. Jimmy Graham, though, is expected play. Who would have thought that Miami at New England could swing the balance of the AFC East? But if the Dolphins can win this game, they'll have a three-game lead on the Patriots in the division. It's at Gillette Stadium. It's expected to be 69 degrees, nice and sunny. The Patriots minus six and a half. The over-under is 48 and a half. The Miami Dolphins are 3-0, 3-0 against the spread. They're coming off that 8-point win over Oakland. They're not scoring a lot of points this year, but they're getting it done. New England, listen, we've seen this before where New England struggles in September and then makes up for it when it counts, but they are 1-2 and two so far. First time since 2012, that's the case. Rob Gronkowski didn't exactly hide his disappointment with the unexpected rocky start for the Pats. Oh, I mean, I'm frustrated. I mean, like, the frustration comes... From aspect of the losses And I would say so Just got to get back on track Starting film Doing the meeting rooms And getting better So we can go out And uh, we can we can be ready And focus on the Dolphins Coming this Sunday New England is allowing uh, The six fewest points per game This season at 17.3 They had 209 total yards On offense last week Allowing 414 To the Detroit Lions Andre Branch, Chase Allen out AJ Derby, Cameron Wake Are questionable Josh Gordon, Gronk, who we just heard, he'll play, but listed as questionable, as is Pat Chung and Eric Rowe. Philadelphia is a Tennessee. 84 and sunny expected at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Another sneaky good game in the National Football League this week. The Eagles minus three and a half on the road. The over-under is 41. Philly's two and one, but they've only covered once this year. They're one and two against the spread. Tennessee is both two and one overall and two and one against the spread. Squeezed a 9-6 win. Out against Jacksonville last week. These two haven't played for four years. Philly won the last time and won big at Philly, 43-24. Carson Wentz in his return a week ago, 25-37, 255 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Tennessee's defense, third so far in points allowed. They're going to get after Carson Wentz and challenge him a little bit. Corey Clement, Alshon, Jeffrey, Jordan Matthews, who's back with the Eagles, all listed as questionable. Darren Sproles is out. Blaine Gabbard and Dennis Kelly, questionable for the Titans. Houston's at Indy, where the Colts are a one-point favorite in this AFC South matchup. The over-under is 47 here. Houston, 0-3, desperate, need a win. They haven't covered yet either after losing to the Giants last week, 27-22. The Colts are 1-2, they're 2-1 against the spread so far. They lost at Philly last week, 20-16. Indianapolis beat Houston, both games a year ago, 20-14 to and 22-13, not exactly high-scoring games there. Houston, J.J. Watt, a week ago, getting back into form. He had three sacks in that game. Andrew Luck, take note. The Indianapolis offense is 28th overall in the NFL. They had to bring in Jacoby Brissett to throw the deep pass last week. Is Andrew Luck really healthy? DeAndre Hopkins, Cherise Wright are questionable. Jack Doyle, Anthony Costanzo, Quincy Wilson are out. Malik Hooker is questionable in this game. The Jets visit Jacksonville. The Jags coming off that 9-6 divisional loss last week to the Tennessee Titans. going to be hot, 88 degrees in Jacksonville at TIAA Bank Field. The Jags are minus 7.5. The over-under is 38.5. The Jets are 1-2 all around overall on the road and against the spread this year losing of course on thursday night football so they had a little extra time for this game to baker mayfield and the cleveland browns last week Uh, these two teams last played a year ago in october right around this time Uh, the jets won that game 23 20 in overtime the jets have won the last four jacksonville hasn't won a game in this series since 2009 sam Darnold's come back down to earth a little bit since that big week one debut last week 15 of 31 169 yards and two touchdowns. The Jags allow the fewest points per game in the National Football League. Jets head coach Todd Bowles knows just how good this Jacksonville defense is. They got talent on every level. Pretty well stopped over there. A little more from Todd Bowles on the Jags. Well, because they're good doesn't mean you're not gonna challenge them. I mean, we feel like we have good players too, and we're gonna challenge them and do the things we need to do to win the ball game. Jacksonville has scored a combined fifty points in the first two games of the season, just six last week. Terrell Pryor and Buster Scrine are questionable. DJ Hayden's out. Campbell, Yeldon, Jenkins, Lambeau, all listed as questionable in this matchup for Jacksonville. Cleveland coming off the mighty Thursday night win. They saw the tape and they saw that Baker Mayfield is their guy. 70 degrees, partly cloudy, is the forecast at Oakland Coliseum. The Raiders are minus two and a half. The over-under is 44 and a half. Cleveland with that one, one, and one record. 0-1 on the road, but the Cleveland Browns, ladies and gentlemen, are 3-0 against the spread And the most important record, right? For entertainment purposes only. Oakland, 0-3, 1-2 against the spread. Coming off that loss to the Fish a week ago, 28-20. These two teams last played in September of 2015, a 7-point win, 27-20 by the Raiders. Baker Mayfield in his debut, 17-23, of 23, 201 yards, the first Cleveland win in 635 days. But you know how long it's been since Cleveland won on a Sunday? Because their last win before that was on Christmas Eve. On Monday Night Football. They haven't won on a Sunday in over a thousand days. Can they do it here? Oakland's offense sixth in the NFL in yards per game at 400. They were two for five in the red zone a week ago. Tyrod Taylor, we know will not play. He's questionable anyway with a concussion. Marshawn Lynch, Donald Penn, Ronald, or pardon me, Rodney Hudson are questionable in this matchup. The Baker Mayfield Show. Can John Gruden get a darn win for the Raiders? We shall see. New Orleans is at the New York Football Giants. Going to be 70 and sunny at MetLife Stadium. New Orleans is minus three and a half. The over-under is 51 and a half. The Saints are two-and-one. One and two against the spread. The Giants are one and two, also against the spread. Same record. These two teams last played in September of 2016, a three-point win by the Giants. The New Orleans Saints are third in the NFL in points per game at 34.7. They're fourth in offensive yards per game. Odell Beckham Jr. knows that his Giants defense is going to have its hands full with this Saints offense. What they're doing over there is... It's ridiculous they've been doing that you worry about it but you have to let the defense worry about it i guess what we worry about more is scoring more points than they score and that's all we can really do which is that's a challenge however the saints defense has allowed 34 points per game the giants outrushed houston 114 to 59 last week can they ugly this thing up keep the saints down marcus davenport and manti teo are questionable no word on teo's phantom girlfriend olivia verney Uh, Cody Latimer and Eli Apple are all out of this game for the Giants. Seattle is at Arizona. The Seahawks are minus three. The over-under is 39 in this game. The Seahawks are one and two. Haven't won on the road this year, Zero and two. And they're one, one, and one against the spread so far. Arizona, zero and three. They haven't won at home, but they're one and two against the spread. These two teams split the season series last year. For Seattle... Carson a week ago, 32 carries, 102 yards and a touchdown. Arizona is last in the NFL in yards per game. That offense needs a spark. Can Josh Rosen provide it? 190 yards per game. Larry Fitzgerald, Sam Bradford, Marcus Golden, all listed as questionable for Arizona. For Seattle, KJ Wright's out. Doug Baldwin and Deion Jordan are listed as questionable. San Francisco at the Los Angeles Chargers chargers are minus 10 with an over under of 46 the niners come in at one and two oh and three against the spread and we all know jimmy garoppolo out he's on injured reserve after that acl tear the chargers are one and two they're one and two against the spread this season the chargers have won the last four in this matchup joey bosa also out of this game big one there for the chargers baltimore at pittsburgh it's the sunday night game the Steelers are minus three with an over/under of 50 and a half. Baltimore is two and one, and two and one against the spread so far this season, but that one loss came on the road. Pittsburgh one one and one, they're one and two against the spread. Barely held off Tampa Bay on Monday Night Football. Let's see how they respond here. They beat the Ravens twice a year ago. Baltimore's defense, though, first in the NFL in yards allowed per game at 273. Roethlisberger last week, 30 of 38, 353 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick on the injury front. Atrell Suggs, Hayden Hurst, C.J. Mosley are questionable. Juju Smith-Schuster, that's a fun name to say. He's going to play in this matchup. That is the NFL Blitz. That brings us to the pick six, the six biggest games In the National Football League and college football, we pick them right here, baby. Survivor pick to come as well. Here are my six picks. I'm going to take Kansas City minus four and a half at Denver. I know that's a big number on a Monday night football game in a divisional game, but I'm riding that Patrick Mahomes train until I have no reason to anymore. I am going to take the New England Patriots minus six and a half against the Miami Dolphins. Miami hasn't been scoring. I think Bill Belichick knows the desperation level here. That offense will get flowing here. That may be a big number to cover for New England, but I think you see the wrath of the Patriots this week. They recover, and they cover that 6.5 and and win at home. I am going to take Tennessee to cover the plus 3.5. You're giving the Tennessee Titans, who are playing a lot of tight games, 3.5 at home against even a really good team, I think a top-five team in the NFL in the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take... The points in Tennessee there. In the world of college football, there are some huge games this week. So picking three is tough to do. I have already gone on the record. This is not one of my official picks, though. It's one of the bigger games in college football this week. I've got Clemson winning 38-27. So I've got Syracuse covering what is now listed at 25-and-a-half. My other college picks this week, I am going to take Boy, what a, a huge matchup this is in the Big Ten! You've got Penn State, you've got Ohio State. The top ten can be kind of thrown up on you know all over, just tipped over, and you know Stanford, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Penn State. This is wild! How many big games we have in college football? And I gotta go because we gotta get to high school football. So give me Ohio State to cover the minus three and a half and beat Penn State. Give me Stanford, yes, yeah, Stanford to cover the plus five at Notre Dame, and I'm going to take Washington to cover. That's a big number, but Washington covers the 17 and beats BYU in a top-20 matchup. And our survivor pick this week, if I lose, I've got to wear the Tom Brady jersey for the entire football Friday. Next week, survivor pick is, drum roll: the Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the Jags over the Jets. That's all for today, kids. Thanks for listening. We are going to send it to high school football. Coming up, big matchup. West Jenny, CNS, 4-0 teams going at it. Seth Goldberg, Julian Wiggum on the call. Coming up. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you again Monday right here on the block.